It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside the Birds is back. What's up, everybody? Jeff Mosher here alongside Adam Kaplan for another exciting Inside the Birds. And Adam, we have got what I would say is an incredible announcement to make. Are you ready? Yeah, man. Let's you do have it. Edge of your seat. All right. We Literally. are taking this show on the road. Next Monday, April 15th, Inside the Birds is going to do a live show in Mayfair at the Black Box Theater from 7 o'clock to 8.30 at night on 6243 Frankfurt Ave. It's an awesome place, Adam. I've already uh, been there with my other podcast, For the Record, with Brian Westbrook that I do. So it's undercover. It's on, say that again. Is it undercover? Is it like it, so? It's inside. It's like yeah, inside it's, a. Yeah, you walk in. It's like a, a converted theater. It's a pretty cool place. Awesome. Okay, now, great. What's making it even more cool is not just you and me being there talking Eagles and talking draft because this is going to be a draft preview show. But we're going to be joined by special guest Eagles running back Corey Clements. Yes, he will be on yes. hand and yes. there for the entire crowd to see. Now here's the deal. All right, it's a it's a tight theater. It's a, it's not like uh you know we we don't command three thousand. I would like to say <laughs> so. Uh, space is limited. Not yet. Seating is limited. So yeah. if you want to just get a ticket to be able to buy a ticket, you can go to MayfairPhilly.com and order it online. MayfairPhilly.com. MayfairPhilly.com yeah. is the website. However, what we're going to do on this podcast here is give five people a chance to win a pair of tickets. So I'm going to give you a number. It's two six seven five three eight four six six eight. Now, the first five people who call that line, ask for tickets, and use the promo code ITB, inside the birds, ITB, will get a free pair of tickets. All right, right? give that again. All right, the number is 267-538-4668. All right, and you call them up and you say, I would like tickets. The promo code is ITB for Inside the Birds, live show with Corey Clement, and they will make sure you get two free tickets. Awesome. They'll take your name. And you know, it's not even sent to you. You just show up, right? You just show up, and they'll have your name, and you'll get in. You and a plus one. Two yeah. Free tickets. So, so I'm on their website now. It's a pretty clean website, and it looks nice. Yeah. Hey, I see you there with Westbrook, and That's you right. you did. So you did your podcast there. We did on uh, okay. Um, Last month, it was good. It's great. great. It's a great. Uh, first of all, they have uh, you know, it's in Mayfair. You've got the Gray Lodge, famous bar and pub, which is two addresses down. You've got the original Chickies and Pete's. Right around the corner. The, the first one is in Mayfair. Right around the corner. Uh, fa- uh, they have um, just a great, you know, it's just a cool place. Mayfair is iconic, right? You think of Eagles games, and we're going to talk about the Eagles in a few minutes. You think of the the great playoff games, just the great Eagles games, and what do you think of after wins? You think of people pouring into the intersection of Frankfurt and Cotton. So, you did one, at least one. I did one with John Barchard. We did one in Mayfair. It's funny, growing up in Philly, in the Cheltenham area, I never heard of Mayfair. I just thought it was Northeast Philly. So that's what it is. That's right. where Mayfair is. It's just funny how I had to wait 53 years to find out what Mayfair was. So my first, one of my first <laughs> Mayfair moments, uh, you know, I was dating my girlfriend uh, at the time. She's, you know, my wife now. She's my girlfriend at the time. Okay. I went in with her friends and we watched the legendary fourth and 26 game. Oh right? boy. I'm not even covering the Eagles <laughs> yeah. at this point. I'm just there, you know, like a North Freddie Spillian, Mitchell, right? Freddie Mitchell. Exactly. And they lived in Mayfair. So we went to my friends, uh, my my girlfriend's friends lived in Mayfair. So we watched the show, uh, the, the the game, and then we left. And as we're driving back to Jersey, right, we start we have to get we have to drive through that intersection of Frankfurt and Cotman to get home. And I'm driving through, 
And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like we when we drove here earlier in the day, there was not now there's a thousand people on the streets. They're all like going crazy, you know, as as we do here in this city, right? And uh, I was like, wow, this Frankfurt and Cotton intersection is pretty, pretty crazy uh, after a big Eagles win. So, you know what? I'm, I think it's cool that we're going to be there. We also did some appearances for Go Birds. Yeah, that was the one I did with Barchard, right? And you did one there as well. Yeah, it was great. So give that number again so people get those. So, so you're get, we're giving out 10 tickets, yeah. five pairs. F- yeah, five winners, 267-538-4668. You say, I want to see the... Inside the Birds live pre-draft show on Monday, April 15th from 7 to 8.30. And the promo code to win is ITB, Inside the Birds. And you'll, you'll win. So it's great. And can't now, wait. Now, the big thing is space is limited. So, you know, people who want tickets, even if you can't get it through the promo code, you got to go to MayfairPhilly.com or their Facebook page, by the way. The Mayfair Business Improvement District Facebook page. You can also get tickets through that. So it's going to be a fun event. Corey Clement's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be awesome to talk football with him. He's coming back from you know that LCL uh, injury and, and repair that we have uh, reported here on, that you've reported, I should say, on this podcast. So we'll talk to him about that. Plus, here's a kid who rose from undrafted free agent to become a very prominent piece of the team. That probably had Where would they be without him, quite frankly? About, well, if you think about the Super Bowl... <laughs> He led every single player in the, that Super Bowl in receiving. He had 100 yards receiving. And one of the best catches in Super Bowl history. Just... One of the best catches and one of the best catch and runs that set up the Philly Yes, special, I forgot right? about Yeah, he, like, I mean. They don't win that game without him. He was unbelievable. Exactly right. It, it, it's amazing. And, and we're, we're going to tell a story uh, about how Corey kind of came to Philly. And um, it's kind of interesting because, as you know, Jeff, their backfield was very crowded, but uh, that I can't wait till so next Monday. And by the way, it's from seven to eight thirty p.m. Right? Correct. 7 Get to there early. I'm, I'm going to Jeff and I will be there early. We're going to be taking questions. Corey that's, will be with us for how is, long? We're going to do. Uh, Corey's going to be with us for a half hour. Then you and I are going to talk draft for about a half hour, forty five minutes, and we're going to really go through every you know uh, round that they pick in right now and kind of talk about the uh, and not just talk. Adam and I are probably going to spend the next week uh, on the phone with a lot of our NFL scouts and executives and talent evaluators and really try to get an idea of not just not, not necessarily who what I like to do Adam I think you do the same is you never know who the Eagles are going to pick right? at 25 especially you yeah. have a pool of players right and they're all not all but many of them are scheme specific especially when you get to the second third and fourth round certain defensive tackles fit three fours certain fit four threes some four three defensive tackles though aren't as upfield as Jim Schwartz's four three defensive tackles so what we try to do is find the guys that fit the description of the players that we know that the Eagles like. You know, we know the Eagles like tall physical corners, right? So we're going to look at that. We know what what, the, what their needs are. So we will do our homework for the next, you know, seven or eight days so that by the time Monday comes along, we are going to give you as much intel as we can uh, as the Eagles. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, next Monday on the 18th, or is it the 18th? Or, oh, no, t- 15th, no, 15th, tax day. 15th, yeah. yeah in fact, break tax that, day. <laughs> you could get your relief Monday night with us and have fun, but... We're going to start, that's when we, Jeff and I have talked about this already, because Jeff and I, two years ago, worked in this market. We did a we did two-day draft coverage, That's right. and I would say the week before the draft is when we really find out all the good stuff, so you're definitely going to want to be there, because that's when we're going to start putting it out, and the great thing is, when you're in person, you can get your question answered, because in Twitter, we're literally, get, we, like this one, Jeff put a tweet out Monday morning, and I think we've got like 30 questions already, uh-huh. and we have ones left over from last week. So right. part of that, by the way, in this podcast, some of them are going to be answered right now because that's what some of it we're going to cover already. Yeah. So just to recap, Corey Clement for a half hour, you and I talk Eagles draft, and then we'll finish off the live show with a question and answer session. This is the best, but this is what I thought was the best part of the For the Record podcast with Brian Westbrook, myself, Aton Chander, Crystal Rich, and Roxy Romeo, is that we spent a half hour taking questions from the crowd, the Mayfair crowd, which was very lively, awesome, a lot of people in their Eagles jerseys. So I have a feeling that there are people are going to want to ask us questions about things that we may not touch on, and we'll do a good you know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe more, of, of taking questions from the audience. So with that said, I'm excited for it. Adam's excited for it. Again, go to MayfairPhilly.com or call that number that I gave you to get your tickets for free and be a winner. Now let's get into the Eagles as we currently stand. You know, The draft is later this month. Adam, we've done this a couple of times, so I think now the free agency is over, and now that we are around the corner from the draft, we can kind of recalibrate what we think the team needs are going in 
This is always fun. The draft. I know, and it might look a lot different than what, it, what we did two or three weeks ago or pre-free agency. So I'll start with oh, you. Oh, well. Let, why don't you rank the, t- the team needs, and you give me, give me the top five team needs right now. All right, so I spent, and I know this is a big thing for people because they ask us all the time on Twitter, what do they need going to the draft? What sh- should they do? So this is, the, this is the way I have it, but as Jeff and I talked about the previous podcast, they could still line up today and be a competitive football team. That's not the issue. The issue is for the draft is never about the, regular, the first season in front of them. It's always about years three, four, five, six, and seven. The people who get mock drafts wrong, it's because they're, they're thinking too much about this year. You got The good teams always think about down the line. Again, it's not about the season. So take that, keep that in mind as we go through this list. Here. Which is very, I find it very difficult for for fans or just you know observers to do is to understand the difference between using the draft as now and using the draft as a tool for the building. So, so understand this, okay? So as we get into this in team needs, so if you you might have seen on Twitter, our good friend Tim McManus of ESPN.com had a small piece on the age of the football team and how the Eagles were building it. So I, it's just ironically over the weekend because I knew we were doing our podcast on Monday. It's it's a factor. The age of I don't care what the Eagles will tell people. I, I, someone with the Eagles and I had a healthy discussion about the age of the roster. <laughs> Sounds I, like an argument. So I said, look, I said, okay, I'm going to look this up because they had the information. I had not looked it up yet. The Eagles, based on where we are, if you project there are 22 starters on offense and defense, uh-huh. half of that those starters are 29 years or older this season. Ertz, Jeffrey, D. Jacks, Brandon Brooks, J- uh, Jason Peters, and Jason Kelsey. Six out of 11 starters are going to be 29 or older this season. On defense, five out of 11 projected starters are 29 or or older this season. Uh, But if you look at the entire roster, here's all of them. I mentioned that the six guys on offense, Ertz, Jeffrey, Jackson, Brooks, Peters, Kelsey. Defensively, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, Chris Long. Not that it matters much. LJ Ford. Paul Warlow, mm-hmm. Malcolm Jenkins, Ryan McLeod, and Andrew Sandejo. So, by the way, the Eagles' top three safeties are all 29 or, or older. Ronnie McLeod turns 29 in June. Jenkins is 29 in December. Sandejo is tw- 32 in September. So, th- they've got to get younger here. Jeff and I have talked about this. So, thinking about that, when we look at team needs, this is the way I've graded it. This is always about the future people. The Eagles are happening to be one of these teams that can win now and they can win later. That's just the way that they've, they've built this roster. Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner at the owners' meetings, talked about this. I thought Jeffrey was right when I examined what he said, had said. Mm-hmm. I would agree with him. But they I, here's where I disagree. They better, get, they better start getting – at the key positions, they need to get younger. Defensive end, Jeff, would be one of those positions. Okay. Defensive end is my number one need. Number one need, defensive end. I, I think running back is not – and it will get to that. It's on my list, but it's not number one. Barnett is coming back from a significant surgery. Pr- pretty important, but he's also very, very young. Brandon Graham, as I said, is 31 years old. Vinny Curry is, is in his 30s. Chris Long, as we tape this, has not made a decision. If he decides to retire, they don't have a, they don't have a fourth end. They don't have a developmental end. They're not young enough. It, it is a, an important position. By the way, this will be Young's last year with the Eagles if he comes back. And Curry, if Long doesn't come back, their top three defensive ends are Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and Vinny Curry. Two out of the top three really, in their thirties. Yeah, right. Got so so to sum it up, DN. Now, okay. From a knee position, you could you could say that middle linebacker is number one, but from a value position, it's way down in value. What I'm trying to explain to people is when I talk about value, teams don't look at the draft like fans do. They look at value of the position and need. Mm-hmm. So ML, middle linebackers have major need, obviously with Jordan Hicks gone. They can't really line up today with LJ Ford being the starter. He's, just, he's a good special teams player. Paul Warlow coming back from an ACL injury. You, you, you can't line up with these guys. You just can't. Uh, as backups, and plus, Warlow's come off an ACL injury. And Ford has been a good story of development. He's bounced around a lot. But he's a, he's a good special teams player and a backup. So to, so to me, though, if he winds up starting, he's got some, so he's got some incentives in his contract. You jack it up. It's a need. Number three, you might as well do this now. Developmental safety. Jeff and I have talked about this in, in, in recent podcasts here. Mm-hmm. Y- you could rank it three or four. I have it four, but I probably now that we're talking about this would have it three. You never want to wait till it's too late to have the next guy up. 
the Eagles, if they line up today, have three quality safeties. And Jenkins, Darby, and Sandeo is a guy who started for for several years with the Vikings. Jenkins, He's just Rodney. Ro, 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 you said Darby. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, McLeod, Jenkins, mm-hmm. and Sandejo. Right. They've got depth with those three in terms of age, but they don't have that developmental guy. They don't have a four safety now because we don't know where Maddox is going to line up. I, my sense right now would be corner, mm-hmm. but that decision has not been made. So I think I think they should probably do that now. After that, because it's it's a need in terms of this season. This is a this season need. Backup center guard, backup d, d- tackle. They don't have a third defensive tackle right now. They like Hester's more of a fourth tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cox and Jackson are older. As we, we they're not all they're not super old. They're not, but y- you would like to get younger there if you could. And then running back, I have it as my fifth need, Jeff. Third down running back. They don't have one right now. That's why we'll get into Duke Johnson because that was the one thing we didn't answer last podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it now. Um, Duke Johnson to me, Jeff. The Eagles have interest in him. My understanding coming out of the combine was not interested where the Browns won at the, comp- the competition level that they won him at. The Eagles will get back involved if John Dorsey, the GM, lowers it. Think about this now. Why do they? Why would they want to get rid of him now that they know that they don't have Kareem Hunt for eight games? Well, I think when you look at the Brown situation, because that's part of it. Mm-hmm. When you look at their situation, they love, they they think Nick Chubb could be a three down back. Oh, I think so too. But I mean, in this league, you need as many good backs as you can. Well, they need another one, right? He's a good pass catcher. Yeah. So, and it's funny, Freddie Kitchens addressed that their their head coach. He's like, "Hey, we're not going to give him away. He he could help us." Well. At one point eight million this season, you look at his his that's a fair compensation. Yeah. But the problem is his cap number and salary jumps way up in year two. Uh his so base, it's gonna be a lot harder to deal next year than right. this year. So you might as well look ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh Duke Johnson is uh, I'll get to kind of the way that the league sees him because I've talked to two coaches who know his his game real well. Um his salary goes doubles in twenty twenty. It goes from one point eight million the three point six million is cap number for, for um, although it would drop if he's traded because the proration would stay with uh, the Browns. Mm-hmm. His cap number would be four point one million for twenty twenty. That's not acceptable for a third down back. That's too high. So I, so my, my sense is if you're trading for him, it's a one year situation. Uh, the way that the league sees him, they see him strictly as a passing down back. He's not an early down back in any way, shape, or form. He's not physical at all. He's he's a very skilled. Th- pass catcher. He's got good initial quickness. He's not fast in any way, shape, or form. Uh, according to one personnel source through text, you have to understand how to use him, understand what he is as a running back. He's best used in passing situations and nothing else. Uh, if you look at his numbers over his career, I, I think there's probably truth to that. Over his career... Sounds like you're... He, it almost sounds like he's a poor man's James White. Really not a runner and a good. I would agree. That's actually a great comp. Fast. Yeah, sure. That's. I think. Although I think Duke's a little good bit faster. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think Duke's a little bit faster than that. But here's what's troubling. Last year, now you could argue that it was partial because Todd Haley got fired, but they only averaged five point four touches per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, he's not worth one point eight million at that. Now, if if he's going to be what he had been throughout his career, in 2017, nine point seven five touches in seven in, in 16, 7.9 touches, and in fifteen. Uh, 10.31 uh, catches, uh, excuse me, touches per game, and also 6.5 carries per game at career high. He he's basically a little bit bigger. He's bigger than Darren Sproles. I I think he's eight to ten touches per game. I think at 1.8 million, it's by the way, his base salary is fully guaranteed now. I, I would do that, but my understanding is Eagles are not giving they're not giving up a third or fourth round pick for him. Could they do, by the way, now we have this trade, the Jordan Howard trade, as a guide. Jordan Howard is averaging more than 10 carries per game. Yeah, He's going to average 12 to 13 carries per game. He's going to average more, more touches per game than Duke Johnson. You're going you're to say that Duke Johnson's worth a third and fourth? Hell no. I just don't know why you would even give up anything right now to bring in Duke Johnson just to get a pass-catching running back when you could potentially bring back Sproles without giving up anything to get him, and he serves well, that Sproles is, Yeah, more. but see, Sproles has not made a decision. The door's open. The Eagles would like to have him back. Right. But here, let me throw this at you. We haven't talked, we forgot to talk about this when, on DJX trade. Uh, he may be returning punts this season. Deshaun? Yeah. Hmm, that'd be interesting. Okay, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, I would put it at a small percentage, uh-huh. but let me 
let's just say for argument's well, sake, he would, Jeff. Without Sproles, you're, like if Sproles, oh, Sproles comes, comes back, back, what's Sproles' role going to be? I would say punt returner and third down back. Okay. Assuming that, and again, I think his decision. Clement could do that too. I feel like Darren's decision is a lot like Chris Long's. Darren's waiting to see what they do with running back. Right? If they draft a three-down running back somewhere in the first three rounds, it's going to be hard for Darren Sproles to have a role. If they draft a running back fourth, fifth, or sixth round, shoot, there's no guarantee that guy makes the team. <laughs> Pumphrey, there's no guarantee yeah. Wendell Small would make sure, the team. So sure. Sproles could see that as an opportunity. Okay, that guy's got to beat me out. We'll see. And then it becomes the Jordan Howard, Corey Clement, and Darren Sproles show, unless the rookie who's drafted in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round can figure out a way to beat that guy out, to beat Sproles out. So I think they're, okay. they're both in wait and see mode. So responding to what you just said, mm-hmm. I think the draft will tell us a lot on, on Chris Long. Um, yeah, Chris Long said he would make the decision sometime in April, I think. So he may have meant after the draft. I think he said May. He wants, Did he say he, May? He said after the draft. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you know what's funny? Darren Sproles said May, too. Right. So, okay. Right. Um, well, it's not out of the question that Duke Johnson comes to be an Eagle, but I, I'd say I don't put percentages on anything. Yeah. I just think it's unlikely. I just don't know why at this point you you would if you had the opportunity to, to bring back Sproles to serve those two roles and not have to but, give up a but draft. But the game. way that's it. it. Well, not only that. Um, Certain, yeah. Well, I mean, if it, if this happens, after it would be a twenty. You, you would look next year pick. Yeah. You would be looking to do a twenty twenty right. right now. As we speak, as we turn our attention to draft, uh, the Eagles are. I mean, they're in okay shape for the draft. They have a one, two twos, two fours, a five, and a six. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three's gone for Golden Tate, as we know. Right. The comp pick that they had, the six, went went to Tampa for Deshaun, and the seventh went to New England last year when they traded up for Malata. Right. So, I think. I think the way that they're going to look at it this way is that they must come out of this draft with a defensive end. It doesn't have to be this year, Jeff, but they have. They, they really should get a safety. So let's recap your yeah. five. You yeah. said DN, DN, middle linebacker. linebacker. You said safety third. You said uh, backup D tackle would D-tackle help. Fourth, and then running back fifth. Right. Okay. So I'll give you mine quick. And again, you you illustrated a great point uh, about the difference between need versus how the team values. There's no question right now, if you take context out of it, that the number one thing the Eagles would need is a linebacker. It, it's not even close, right? But you and I know that they value positions differently. So they're not going to take a linebacker in the first round. Unless like the, unless this kid who's top five, what, Devin White is it? I'm sorry, I, I, uh, Devin Bush is it? Devin Bush, yeah. Unless that, like a top five guy is there, and then all of a sudden the value is so amazing, it doesn't really matter if you put a lot of value on it or not, they, they may. But I, I just don't see them taking a linebacker, a middle linebacker in the first round. Devin White, you mean Devin White from yes, LSU. I'm sorry, yes, Devin White yes, from LSU. Yeah. If he falls to 25 when he's considered a top it, five guy, look, maybe you do. It would it. have to be, for, for them to do it, mm-hmm. 25... It would have to be this guy'd have to be so good. Right. Then not only is he a three down back. Nah, they'd have to think he's Luke Keekley or something, you know? Yeah. You have to be special. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so I, I, I don't I, So I'm not putting yeah. linebacker at number one, even though it's clearly their number one need. I'm gonna go with how the team values. For Manam future need, it's mm-hmm. their number one immediate need is not remotely close. Jeff is right, it's middle linebacker. Right. But that's not the way they look at it. Right. But for the future, it also is middle linebacker, by well, the way. Yeah, no, I think that they will come out of this draft with a linebacker. They better. I just don't yeah. think it's going to be in, in the first round. So my need, my, my top five for them would be, and I've been pretty consistent with this, I think safety is still not just developmental for next year, but we're, we're one injury away from Andrew Sandejo being a starter. And He's I don't really think more of a box a safety, by the way. We it's, didn't, we didn't talk about point. him. Yeah. Last, he is the way that the league sees him. Is strictly a box safety. Right. And he's had some injuries in his mm-hmm. career, especially later in his career. Uh, he's a great develop he's been a great story of development, but Jeff's right in that they don't need a safety per se. They could just go they could just sign another veteran, be the first safety. Or, or again, Maddox is there, but I, I think that they do. I think they need to you can't keep kicking the this is a better than average safety draft, and there have okay. been some bad ones. And Kind of like running back, which I'll get to, they kind of kicked the can down the road at safety and drafted at other positions. Well, eventually you have to value that position because it's an important one in the NFL. And I've even spoken to some people within the team who recognize that they need a safety and they've ignored it. So I would have, I would say safety right now is their number one need. Um, Andrew Sandeo as a starter would not be a, a benefit for this team. So they need to have depth there. And if they can get a guy... Uh, like the kid from Florida, Chauncey uh, Johnson, who can not only play safety but has some corner in the background and can play some nickel, 
then that guy will play if he's good enough as a rookie. So number one to me is safety. Number two is running back. And it's higher for me because I still don't think they have their three down running back. And I feel like their offensive pitfalls last year, going from 28 points to 22, and even in the playoffs, was their inability to have a guy on the field that they can run their entire offense with and not have to keep subbing guys um, and make you know a guy who can catch the ball, who can run, who can do everything, blitz pick up when needed. But they need that kind of guy. And so I would put that at number two. If they had that kind of guy, I would worry less about their offense being able to return to the 27 or 28 points per game than the 21 or 22 that they were at last year. So running back number two. Number three to me is defensive tackle. Um, I like the signing of Malik Jackson. He is a pass-rushing tackle, not a run-stuffing tackle. If you remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, part of the reason why they were so good at getting at the quarterbacks, and they had the number one rush defense in the league. I mean, you had Jernigan and you had Fletcher Cox. Which was surprising. I didn't see that coming. Uh, They were fantastic against the run. I don't know if they can be as stout with a – Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson in the middle, as opposed to a big, a much better. Can, run can I just say one thing? When you said that, mm-hmm. I remember when. Um, so I, I was at ESPN then. I was reporting that the Eagles were probably going to add Jim Schwartz. Mm-hmm. People were so pissed off because of the wide nine, and I tried to explain to people that was a specific issue with Jim Washburn. Um, Washburn was not a was not a coordinator. Certainly not an adjuster. He didn't right. right. And Jim, I said, don't worry about it. People were like yelling at me on Twitter. I'm like. Because fans are reactionary. They don't really, they don't think, they they don't have enough information. Right. I was like, look, trust me on this. It's going to work out. It's similar to the complaints about Doug Peterson being an Andy Reid. Like, oh my God. He's not going to have to use timeouts. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. They're they're, they're different. They're similar. That one was somewhat founded. It was founded... Pre-Doug. What I'm saying is it's ignoring the fact that everybody is their own guy. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. And Doug is not a But we didn't know that though, Jeff. No, we didn't. We didn't know that. We didn't. But the fact of the matter is... Um, I think Jeff's right. D tackle has got to be addressed, but you have to look at yourself at the like look, uh, this way. If you're going to look at this season, can they line up and win with this roster? Probably nine or ten wins. They're not going to be a Super Bowl team with this roster as is. There's certain things that they need to do, mm-hmm. and as Jeff pointed out, if they lose a safety, they're in trouble. Like you got, and you got to think down the line. Like, like Jeffrey Lurie's making clear. It's about winning now, trying to win another Super Bowl, but trying to win at the same time and, and also develop for the future. Right. They're they're one of the few teams that have been able to do what the Patriots, by the way, are really good at doing it. Very. I'm I think not the sh- Patriots put more emphasis on the secondary than any other team in the NFL. Well, they're, well now they're a little different. They'll spend money. Stephon right. Gilmore, that contract Stephon was Gilmore. a major one. Yeah. Major one. Sure. And, I mean, they played and a lot McCourty, of right. McCourty yes. two years before that. Yes. That's right. And ironically, the Eagles... Offered him more McCourty more than he got from the Patriots. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, you, you know, yeah. a lot. Still a big it's not contract though. That he went yeah. to New England. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so yeah, those two guys. I mean, they you know they brought in the other McCourty. They they've done a good job of draft and development, and then letting a guy like Malcolm Butler go. I mean, they put a lot of emphasis in, on their secondary more so than their pass rush, which is almost opposite than how every other team functions. Certainly, the Eagles put more emphasis on their pass rush because that's Jim Schwartz's forte. Well, yeah, it's not lines. just that though. It's it's Andy Reid and Joe Banner philosophy. We build through the lines, offensive True, defense. Been, yeah, and Joe true. Douglas, by the way, talking to someone close to him, one hundred percent what he believes, and he got that from being in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you didn't see Baltimore not have a good offensive line? I mean, for for or decades. Line. Yeah, no, right, you're a, right. You're Always right. good on the line. So that's right. the way that he learned. So the rest of the needs that I have, uh, wide Wait, receiver. I didn't finish mine. Oh, you did your top five, right? I did, I did safety. Okay. I did running back. Okay. I did D tackle. Yep. And then to finish it out, okay, I would say D end for the same reasons you mentioned. Man, you don't have it higher. Why don't you have it higher? Honestly, it's not that I don't value it. I just think that the top three positions I mentioned are as thin or as desperately need of repair as those two. And then linebacker would have been my fifth. Oh, see, see, I would have D end first because of the way that they think and the way that the league thinks. It's not as valuable. I know, I know, but I look at the line. I mean, I put DT third, right? So I look at the line collectively. Whether you get it, you're either getting pressure from the middle. Or pressure from the edges, right? So having D end and D tackle right there at or DT and DE three four just illustrates that I'm saying I think they really do need to address the D line in general. But okay. they do have good. You do have Brandon. You do have Fletcher. You know what I'm saying? If Chris Long comes back, he's a pretty good player. Derek Barnett they drafted 14th overall, and I have to think that they expect him to come back and be a legit player. Malik Jackson is only 29. It's not like he's 32. So they've got the talent there 
where even if they had one injury, yeah, it hurts, but they can overcome. But the, the my top two, I think if you get a major injury at one of those two spots, you're really, really in trouble at safety or running back, as they're currently constituted. So, uh, And again, it's positions that they haven't really addressed in the draft over the last few years, and you can't just keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah, so you and I kind of agree. It's just we rank them differently. Then the rest of my group would be receiver depth. Yeah. That's it. They don't have a third, fourth. Like, I like could have put speed receiver at number five instead of linebacker. But again, well, let me need, ask you a question. Really okay, linebacker. let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought about this because we're gonna we're gonna start our draft coverage now. Mm-hmm. I I debated that the, the point that you just made because I, I I was starting to do a quick mock about who might be available at twenty five. Right. Uh, Marquise Brown is the guy that I targeted for them. That's a good name. Now I don't care oh, that he's come off an injury. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't matter because it's, it's never about this year. People right. need to stop thinking about this year. Right. It's just not – when I would miss Bailey in the draft, I'd concentrate too much on this year. It's nothing to do with it. I'd be shocked, by the way, if he was there at 25. Well, he is coming off an injury, and, and, and oh, some teams don't worry about it. Yeah. Some teams don't worry about it. Some teams do. Mm-hmm. The teams that are desperate, like the teams that need to win now, if you're picking the top 10, you're not taking because you're too scared. you got to save your job, mm-hmm. the personnel staff or the coaching staff. The Eagles are in great shape here. They, they could take him. At, and remember, Deshaun's got a two-year structure on his contract. Right. Right now, they don't have a fifth receiver. Their fourth receiver, Matt Collins, uh, the problem is injury history. He didn't play last season. And Nelson Aguilar is on this fifth-year option. He's not signed past this season. Correct. And they're older. Deshaun turns 33, mm-hmm. and Aguilar just turned 29. So you need to start looking. You need to start looking. Uh, yeah, J- J- Jeffrey turns 30. He, he, Jeffrey turns 30 in February. Deshaun turns 33 in December. And Aguilar is on the, f- he's on a fifth year option. So, to me, it's a need. I don't think there's any questions to need. Let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. Would Marquise Brown be the right pick? Thinking about the future at twenty five, yes, absolutely. You, yeah. you if he if he said, makes it again, we've said this before, and I'll keep emphasizing it until the day I die. All right, if Mar- if they get to twenty five and Marquise Brown is their highest rated player, all right, and you know, then and they take him, then that's to me, that's the right way to go about it. You take the best player on your board. Because when you start saying, oh, no, I'm going to take the best player available at the position I most need, so therefore I'm not. I'm going to pass on this wide receiver because I really right now need that linebacker or I really right now need that defensive end who's not ranked as high but I need it, that's when you're in trouble. That's when you pass on a player like Saints defensive end Cam Johnson because you took Danny Watkins. That's who went after Danny Watkins. Cam Cameron. Jordan. Cam, Cam sorry, Jordan. Cameron Jordan. Yeah, wow. Is that right? four-time Pro Bowler, yeah. uh, an All-Pro, wow. one-time All-Pro, because they wanted that right guard so badly. Okay? You take the highest-rated available player, because if he's that good, he's going to help your team no matter what. Well, And the good thing for the Eagles, it's a good thing or bad thing the way you look at it. They have so many secondary needs. We're talking about depth, getting young at certain positions, that you might as well take Marquise Brown, because... And but don't let, not only that he could be a returner, mm-hmm. which they need for the future. They don't have a future returner. Absolutely, that's been a they've been able to mix and match and, and patchwork it. Mm-hmm. But I think in the end you need to start thinking more broadly and, and think down the line. So yeah, I would agree with Marquise Brown that because th- those are some of the questions we got. Right, like okay, so at twenty five is we've gone all, over all the needs. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, the next need I, I should mention these quickly before we move on: a developmental left tackle or guard center. It's another question we got through Twitter. Uh, linebacker depth, we ready, We talked about positional upgrades at corner. The only way you draft a corner to me, if you're the Eagles, if you get an upgrade. As I've mentioned before, and I, Bill Pauling's 100% right, you never pass up an upgrade at any Isn't position. Isn't it safe to say this is not a very strong cornerback? Like, first of all, you haven't heard about any quarter, corner going in the top 10. There's not uh, one yeah. cornerback I've heard mentioned as a top 10 pick. Well, no, but we're talk- but 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 at 25 or second or third round. No, no, okay? but that's just right. my point that right. already I, I feel like it will not be the highest rated player on the Eagles board at 25 because there just aren't even that many okay. really uh, Greedy Williams is considered one of the just going to talk about him. His stock yeah. is been kind of going down. Right. Well, I wouldn't worry about what you hear about stock going down. No, I, it, that, that's a good point. That, just that's a little like, bit. But he means that there was already concerned about it's him. It's not yeah. a great group. What Jeff's right. saying is not a great group. Um, but as through the draft, the only only way I take one, yes, folks, I get it. it's not a need. It's about getting better. If you see an upgrade, you take one. You don't worry about what the public thinks. What the public thinks is completely irrelevant. Right. It's about what you think. 
on your board and how you grade. I, I also think when you have a position as deep as defensive line is, and there is going to be a natural run on that in the first round, it's going to push good players at other positions down. So it wouldn't shock me if some fairly good corners are there for them in this if they wanted, right? Or if that was their highest rated player in the second round. They have two twos. That, yeah, like, sure. like go back to last year. I was told, and I think you were too, that Dallas Goddard I had teams that had a first round grade on him. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you one further. So, uh-huh. um, I don't think this. I'm not going to say the team. I, don't, I didn't get permission from the GM to say what team it is. Uh-huh. It was a team in the 20s. Had they not got their player, they were. This GM told me they were taking Goddard. Like right. there was no question. Right. And I would argue, bang, being the way that the player played in year one, I think they probably should have taken Goddard. But that's not a story for another time. <laughs> uh, but sorry. the point is that yeah. a first round prospect. Yeah fell to the second round because of a run at a different position. Sure. It happens all the time. By the way, that's, why, that's another reason why mocks get destroyed. I can't tell you how many times where I'd wind up only getting like four or five right because a goddamn trade would happen yeah. or something happened that we didn't expect. I love to do my mock trades with mock trades. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> so my friend Tony and Paul, Tony Pauline and I used to do a, a mock for probably like 02 through like 10 or 11. We beat, we beat the, the great... Um, the guy from the Dallas Morning News, Rick, what's his last name? Gosselin. Gosselin. We beat Goose one year. Nice. Uh, we He's got good. like 19 right because um, there were hardly any trades. Uh-huh. And then there were a couple years we got four or five right because the trades happen. And now what Rick would get, Jeff, uh-huh. is either the head coach or the GM would tell him they trusted him not to use the information. He would get it like the day before. Right. And we put it in his mock. And my God, I'm like, how did he know this? Because <laughs> they told him. <laughs> of course. You know? Of course. No one's telling us. It's it's mostly guesswork we get. We have some good intel. I feel but, like in the era of social media yeah. podcasts that Rick couldn't even get what he used to get now. I mean, well, they, they would trust Rick because I don't think he's on Twitter, right? Uh, he, he is, oh, but he doesn't. Oh, okay. But he would only but, get the day before. Yeah. But so so we've gone through the needs. Right. Okay. We, we know what the Eagles' picks are. By the way, just to remind everybody, yeah. the Eagles have two picks in the t- a three of the top fifty-seven. Correct. Is it overall? So that's yes. pretty. That's a really good position to be in. You and I agree. Howie is aggressive, but they don't have as many picks as they would like. So I think trading up is less likely. Trading down, though, where they don't have a third-round pick, maybe more likely. Yeah, I think. Jeff and I were talking right before we started doing this. And I don't mean trading out of the first round. I just mean trading. Just, just they'd like to have more picks for this draft. Yeah. And if they could do that by trading some of their extraneous players, one of their extra corners, one of their extra running backs, it just comes down to what happens right before the draft. So we'll see if they do that. And as Jeff and I talked about the age of the roster, certain positions they've really got to get younger. And you might as well start doing it. I think that's what Jeffrey Lurie was talking about the at the owners' meetings. Yeah. They're going to address this youth issue in this draft, the next draft. He he threw out that he thinks they're going to have, with compensatory picks, 20 total picks. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit high. Right. But Because right now they have seven. That means they're going to have 13, everything they have, plus comp picks. I don't know about that. But they they did the really, they did a smart thing. Very few of the players they've signed up for agency are going to cost them anything for compensatories. Right. They let a, That Jordan Hicks trade, I mean, that Jordan Hicks signing, oh, my God, is that going to help them? All right, I'm going to give you one pro because we're going to save a lot of our draft talk and certain prospects. But you mentioned Hollywood Brown at 25, asked for mm-hmm. a good idea under the under the the um, discussion of how important speed wide receiver is to this team. You already talked about pass rusher; that's your number one. As I look at the scene and try to do my own little mocks and see where guys go, I would say if Clemson's Clellan Ferrell makes it to 25, that would be a good pick for the Eagles. And I say that because the the way from talking to people and how he's kind of described, it reminds me of the same things that they said about Derek Barnett, which is good technician, not a great athlete. If you remember, the thing about Barnett was they said he's not a great athlete. He's got great instincts. He's strong, good motor, he, good motor, but not. I, I, and, and That's correct. Remember, Barnett did not like tear it up at any of the workouts. So, so, so Charles Harris of the def- okay. So here was that. That okay. was the great. That was the that was athlete. it. So I want to yeah. bring that up. So a GM told me. I said, okay, it was after the draft. Tell me about Derek Barnett. He goes, if you want the guy who will be better now, it's Derek Barnett. He said he wasn't close in his mind because he, despite being 20 years old, high character, smart, tough, good bend, mm-hmm. but not a great athlete, but right. but had good enough length, not great length, but good enough length. Um, but he thought Harris was a long-term upside guy. Right. And by the way, that's been right so far. Yeah, Harris has not done a lot. The exact same information I got is that Barnett was not the better athlete, but probably the better upside, smarter player, more intangibles. But that if you were looking for the workout warrior, the bigger boom bust potential would be Charles Harris. So Farrell at the combine, mm-hmm. 
looking at the official combine file, which I'm looking at right now. Six four and three ace. Got good length. Mm-hmm. Uh, wingspan is real good. Yeah. Real good. Wow. He's got real long arms. Yep. He's got longer arms than Barnett. Uh, wow. Total. Yeah. Wow. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So his yeah, hands I mean, are big, ten and a half. Right. So he's got the he's got the yeah. physical component that you want, and he obviously comes from the great Clemson program. Um, I don't know if he has that type of explosion that you'll see out of Von Miller, but you're just looking for a guy right now at 25, especially so, so who you think can be a really good player in your. So team. all right, speaking of that, I would tell you that in my in my information gathering so far, it's the deepest defensive draft in a decade, mm-hmm. but it's very top heavy on if you want. If you're a team that wants the next starter for the next 10 years and be a stud, it's Bosa. There's a drop-off sure. after that. Yeah, uh, you know, Sweat is really interesting. Uh, the Eagles are not going to be able to get him unless they trade up. Right. Uh, again, I don't, I'm not saying they won't trade up. It would surprise me based on the way that they operate their I think a, everything. I think somebody really, really good for their team would have to fall within two or three That's where it, they're not correct. giving up a lot. For instance, I think they trade up for Macklin. Yes, that was, you're about to use that as a okay, perfect Okay, like two spots maybe? Two spots. In front of Tampa, I can't remember now. I it's think been it was so long. in front of Tampa. Yeah, I'm going totally on memory. I don't. I have to look it up. Twentieth overall. That and the year that they they got jobbed is when they didn't they didn't get Brandon Cooks as their number one priority. They wanted him badly. Right. Talk to two sources that were there then. Um, they know that they probably should have blocked the Saints from doing it. They should have traded up to get him. They didn't. Now, it, it didn't cost. He's a good football player. There's no doubt. But he's also been on three teams. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll see what happens. 25, as Jeff said correctly, you have to have a bucket of players. You can't say, okay, oh, sure. that's why I said, would Brown be a good player? Well, he's going to be one of like six or seven players that they're going to look at. So, Jeff, right. and, and we're going to talk way more about this. You better be there on the 15th if you can get there, folks. I thought well, you were talking to me. I, was yeah. like, you know, I think I'm pretty locked into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but folks, you better be there because we're going to have every scenario, but I'll throw a couple players out there who I think at 25 might be there. And Jeff brought up Farrell. I don't know if it's pronounced Farrell or Farrell. That would be a good pick, I think. Uh, Christian Wilkins from Clemson, who's a D-tackle, though. Now, Jeff, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Lining up today, they have their two starters. But as we said, it's never about this season. They happen to need a third tackle. That's why I had them third on my list. Okay, let me me throw this at you. Mm -hmm. Let's assume Malik Jackson will be a good player. They're going to want him back for, for year two. I mean, how much is a third tackle going to play to you? A lot. In Jim Schwartz's game, you're talking about what the Bo Allen role? Okay. And I also think because, okay. again, we've seen him, Malik Jackson struggle as a run stuffer. He's more of a pass rushing tackle that if they take a, uh, Christian Wilkins in the first round and this guy can really stop the run well, he'll probably get more opportunity. He might, by the end of the year, if he's that good at him, become your first down Tandem with Fletcher Cox, first and second down DT, and Malik comes in for the NASCAR package. So here's why I think Jackson will be back next year. In fact, I, it's almost a lock. Four point six million of his base salary is fully guaranteed at signing, so he's almost certain to be back. Uh, my understanding is it does have offset language, but offset credits don't come to the following year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be back next year, Malik Jackson. Isn't there an option on that second year? There is, but the the option no, the option is actually to add. Um, I'm looking at the language, and it looks like 2023. Yeah. It looks like, based on what I'm looking at, his base salary, part it's got a partial full guarantee. It's it's similar to Deshaun Jackson's. Deshaun's got a full a partial full guarantee in year two, mm-hmm. which guarantees he's going to be back. Yeah. Nevertheless, I agree that they need a third tackle, and you might as well do that. You might as well get that third tackle in there. So, yeah, I, I would agree. So, so Wilkins would make sense, because people were asking on Twitter who might be there. Um Jeffrey Simmons is another guy I kind of like from Mississippi yep. State. I like the kid, uh, the Notre Dame kid, Tillery. He's probably a little high at twenty five, but you never know how another team values him. Well, that's if we trade. Ba- that's the, so that's a trade back scenario. Yep, could be a trade uh, back you, scenario. I, I personally like a couple of safeties too. Okay, but I, we'll get into that. Adderley, more. what's that? Delaware. Uh, Adderley, I don't love in the first round. Yeah, I think he's a second rounder. Uh, sure. I'm a little bit higher on the kid uh, out of Washington, uh, Rap Trap Jordan. I'm so Taylor Rap, Taylor Rap. Yeah. yeah, I don't know yep. why I said Jordan. Taylor gotcha. Rap, who I okay. really like. Not a not a fast runner, so he might not be first round, but he's a head knocker and he's rangy. So um, I've heard you know teams like the Chiefs really like him. They need they could do some safety. They need safety. Yeah, they yeah. Tr- yeah. Although they did yeah. sign Teron Matthew, if I'm not correct, right? But they lost Eric Berry. 
Um, but yeah, that that's a, the type of guy that I think would fit well. You know, you got to be able to tackle, come up and tackle in the uh, Jim Schwartz scheme. So maybe he's a little bit Malcolm Jenkins-like where he doesn't run a blazing 40, but he can play a number of different positions. So I, I like that kid personally. But 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 just to and the s- kid out of Florida that I mentioned, who I think could also play nickel, Chauncey Johnson. Uh, he's got a, a hyphenated name, Chauncey Johnson. He's oh, the, the kid guy. with the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's got corner in his background, which we know Jim likes. Chauncey so Gardner Johnson, sure. Johnson, yes. Right. So you can see okay. him playing nickel to start off the, with. The Eagles are in a good position here because they have three in the first 57. Right. They could ha- they could address defensive end. They could address safety. Uh, they're they're in real good shape here. They don't they don't have to reach for anyone. Not that they should. It would. I think Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas have especially Howie's learned uh, through that. So that's pretty much it, Jeff. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Anything Absolutely. else we need to hit? No, we're going to go to the Ask the Insider section now. We have a ton of questions, so we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but we will get to uh, as many as we can. First question is from at Jeff underscore Shram. Jeff Shram asks, aside from Nelson and Carson, who would be the next candidate for a contract <sighs> extension? Well, they d- um, they did say Malo. Um, right. I don't know. That's a, you know the joke I make every time we talk about this, right? There's someone we're missing. Wendell no. Smallwood. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. Contract, I mean, I don't, I don't know happening. why they would do that. No, um, I think that those really are the two. I, I can't. Uh, I don't see. You have to be Camus Grugier Hill. I mean, I, I don't know what you know. I don't know what that would do for them. But oh, Jalen Mills is well, a candidate because he's yeah. three years in. Sure, he that would really him. probably be the next guy. Corey Clement, but he's got to make the team. Well, Corey Clement still has to play another year. Oh, he's no, no, no. He. Actually, he oh, doesn't no, as an undrafted. undrafted yes, guy, yeah. they actually could. Yeah, he but could. but realistically, okay, let's talk about Aguilar quickly. They're yeah, not I mean, in we a, addressed that last podcast. Well, they don't have to because no yeah, they're in such good cap shape that they don't have to. Right. Plus, he, they want to see this year, right? Yeah. I mean, look, don't forget. By the way, I forgot to say this. He can play outside. It's not like he can't. He's not one of these guys like Jordan Matthews. Clearly, he's not comfortable playing on the outside. Mm-hmm. We had Jordan on SiriusXM with me on NFL Radio, and he I brought it up to him. He goes, "Look." Chip Kelly saw me one way. Um, Doug Peterson gave me the chance to play on the outside. And he he became like a deep threat, which is kind of comical. Yeah. He had, had a necessity, but he's really not. Right. Uh, Nelson could do both. I, I think he could. When he's outside, though, he doesn't have – well, he can stretch the field. He does not have the what – you, what you see now from your DeAndre Hopkinses and your – you know your your Mike Evans. He does. He's not like a gonna it's back shoulder yeah. and and and, yeah. and do all those things. He's he, you have to also put him on the move a lot. I, I think he's best in the slot. You're right. He can, I thought he played a good season opener for only having one or two catches against the Falcons because he caught three tough balls, including two on third down. He's a t- he's tough, but he's not exactly how wide receivers on the outside are made these days. Mm-hmm. Is that that's fair? Yeah. He's not prototype. All right. At J uh, at I'm sorry. J R Willis at for my last name. Asks, do we know what new front office exec Andrew Barry's exact role is? It's a good question. Yes, I, I was well. <laughs> told from, from an organizational source yeah. that his role is to preside over the analytics staff. Well, he'll uh, he'll manage Alec Halaby, right. who runs an- analytics. He used to be in charge of the analytics staff. Well, he or the head of it, he, he just yeah. he's he oversees it. Right. He's the guy that Howie brought in. He does a very good job of what he what he does. He's an analytics guy. Andrew here's he's the most one of the most unique personal executives. He's done pro scouting, college scouting. He's done mm-hmm. contracts. He's done analytics. He's done everything. So he's going to do everything. He's another. He's another opinion guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing is because he's young, he's touched a lot of things. He's not married to one thing. I think he, it's important to know though that he and there was some confusion because of the title he got that mm-hmm. he does not outrank Joe Douglas. Correct. He did That's get a important. VP title, which I think was right. kind of surprising to some people there. Yeah. But um, I would tell you that. They tried to get him last year. They actually had interest in bringing him last year, which probably no one knows, but mm-hmm. I'll just let our listeners know. Uh, they they thought about bringing him last year. Uh, they did lose a couple people over the years to in personnel department. Uh, he's just... The one of the things that I would say that's very good about Harry Roseman, which he, which he needed improvement on, is he is better at being a... He's a much better listener. Whereas the Eagles, when he was running personnel prior to 15... He needed to do a better job in that, and I would tell you, talking to people who work with him, it was 100% true. He's done a much better job, Jeff, in bringing in opinions, and yes, he'll turn the card in, so to speak, but he wants to know what everyone thinks. He'll make his own decision in the end, but the way that they've structured it, they have probably the most robust personnel department. It was not like that when he overtook, when he came back in at 16. Right. All right, last question is going to be from Duty, at Eagles, huh. I'm sorry, at Eagles HQ. 
Could Halapulavati Vaitai be a sneaky trade candidate if Jordan Mailata or a rookie OT played well in camp and preseason? Uh, I would say <laughs> no. I don't think there's going to be a big demand for him. He's on the last year of his deal. He's a player who has been up and down. I, I realize he was the starting left tackle when they won the Super Bowl, and perhaps some team has recognized that. But I actually think that if you only have one year out of him and he's cheap – and you've seen how many injuries they've had on the offensive line, you might as well keep them for depth anyway. Right. So, I don't think you're going to get any great offers for a big V. So it's two things. They've not talked to him about extending his contract, I'm told. Mm-hmm. And number two, if they traded Vitae... Oh, so I... Th- so, so... Well, yeah. I mean, if they drafted... If they draft a lineman, which would be a small surprise at 25, a tackle, which I don't see them doing because they, they seem to be hell-bent on Mylotta, give me a chance to be the future left tackle... But if they did, well, yeah, then then they, they actually may do it during the draft. They wouldn't wait till August. They would do it during the draft because that guy would be the swing tackle, sure. I would think, right? Yeah, that makes sense. They better be right, though, because they wouldn't have a swing tackle. Right. If this guy, if, if to, under that scenario, if that first-round pick is not ready, they got a major problem. Yeah, that would be problematic. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you're going to... Although Matt Pryor did play tackle in college. I don't know. That he also didn't play that. a snap in the NFL yeah, last he season. He did not. He did not. You're right. Yeah, I guess the, so there's a little little window there. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Inside the Birds. Remember, next Monday night, April 15th, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the all-new Black Box Theater in Mayfair, 6243 Frankfurt Ave. It's going to be a live show. Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher, and Eagles running back Corey Clement will be with us. So you can get tickets at MayfairPhilly.com or at the Mayfair Business Improvement District's Facebook page. But if you want to win them, and only five people are going to win, you call... 267-538-4668 and use the promo code ITB for Inside the Birds. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. We'll see you in Mayfair on Monday night.